I, 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 apt. Phil. We haven't been outside in a while. Dan was outside! Dan was outside! Stay being outside. Nah, Dan, please get out of here. You're so lost. You should be a bum ass nigga. I'm not, not no more. more. You should be a quitter. I'm not no more. So damn bad. I'm not no more. Not no more. Oh no no. Six in the morning. I get up. Bye bye bye. You're turning it up. Did you miss us? Make the money go. All right, Dan, let's go. Let's, let's kick it off. Dan, yo, are you? Good to go. I am. Are you sure you're? Good to go. Let me hear a drum play. Watch them, watch them, watch them, watch them. Good to go. Welcome to another episode of Two Broke Twimbos. It's your boy Danny, that guy, aka Danos the Mad Titan, aka Denford Wigmarini, aka Denimbi, my life your entertainment, aka I'm done with these streets. Catch me selling real estate from the media industry. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yeah, when I'm gonna make a demo. That's right, he's here with only. I'm gonna stick with the interview with the unquestionable. The give me 30% depositable is coming back five times a bull. Phil Chai. A.K.A. Sexington Lovu. A.K.A. Phil on Musk. A.K.A. Filthy Phil. DJ Mukada at the end of Chaos. I think 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 Welcome to another episode of Two, Bro- Two Broke Twimbles. Uh, uh, look, I'm aware we missed a, a week. Sorry about that, guys. Stuff is going on, but we are here. Yeah. We are here. Let's so, just be grateful. Yeah. Actually, we recorded an episode before this, <laughs> but we realized, you know what? We're not going to have time next week because our event is the following day. We've got a big event coming up. Um, last week, I was uh, I was at a big event in Zambia. Uh, it's it's a busy time of the year, guys. You know you know what? Uh, uh, I was, I was speaking to someone about it. Like, I'm so sleep deprived. I'm so busy. But I'm like, yo, I prayed for work. You know what, Dan? Like, I prayed for work. And the work is here now. The work is here now. So I'm, I am grateful. I, I'm seriously, I'm nothing but grateful. But we want to make sure that we keep the feeds. Hey, the feeds. The streets fed. The streets need to be fed. We want to make sure our patrons remain happy. You know what I'm saying? Because they keep us alive. You know what I'm saying? They keep us going. Uh, so, guys, we're here. Okay, we're, we're, we're banking a few episodes. Next week, we're going to be mad busy. If you're a Patreon lookout, we're going to give away some tickets to a lot of special events coming up that we, we're part of. So thank you guys for supporting us. Look how far we've come. We used to be broke, but not no more. Um, okay, look, um, let's let's do the show how, with the way that we normally do it. But I, I do have to say we have to cut, cut, cut for the day. No, we, we, we're going to be quick because as it stands, it is 10 p.m. Um, my inbox has, from today alone, 30 unanswered emails. I've got a, a 9 a.m. meeting with the regional head of a very big brand. And we have no power. And we have no power. <laughs> so I, that's, that's, the annoying thing is like when you, when you run the inverter until it dies. Yeah. When the sun comes up or even when power comes back, you need to reset it so it can start receiving power, which is a weird glitch in all the inverters. So, yeah, we haven't had power for 
48 hours now. Um, if you stay along a certain line in Harare, we're not going to put our business out in the streets because uh, I've moved from my old location. You know what I mean? Because like too many people just kept pitching up in my door. You know what I'm saying? Mm. You know I mean, got to keep it covert. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? Can't, can't have these people just monitoring my position. You know what I'm talking about? But because we were doing that, uh, yeah, we're having a power. So once again, we're going above and beyond. And we're just like, you know what? It literally took us like an hour to set up because we had to move the studio um, back to the radio station. We're, we're at our own stopping grounds. <coughs> Funny enough, um, a former minister, a very honorable individual, um, he's in cabinet still, I believe. No, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still in cabinet. Yeah, just happened to pop in. Um, and he didn't kick us out. So that's a good thing. No, he'll ask me about it tomorrow. <laughs> he'll ask me about it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, but I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. What's the problem? Mm-hmm. What's the issue? Yeah. Tell them to take it up with the station manager. <laughs> you <bastard. laughs> All right, hey, let's start with some positivity, pushing P. Well, uh, this week, let's, let's start. Let's start with the recap. Then. Let's start with, you're outside, dude. Wait, we're going to get, get to the recap, Phil. Let's just... Today, I want to start slightly different. Mm. Instead of Zimbabweans doing it big necessarily, I, I want to talk about a show about Zimbabwe that's on mm. Netflix. Why? What? There's a, a documentary called Encounters. What? Oh, okay. I remember hearing about this. Okay. It's a four-part docuseries mm. documenting uh, not just Zimbabwe, but a couple of encounters elsewhere. Close but encounters but the, 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 the biggest, The biggest chunk of that docuseries is uh, the... Encountering of uh, UFOs in Zimbabwe in 1994 at Oriel High School. Mm. Apparently, it's viewed as one of the world's most credible pieces of evidence that uh, we are not alone in the universe. Mm, we're never looked at. We're never. So, uh, I watched part of it. I just get like I'm I'm fascinated by what people say and how they reason, but I just get so annoyed when it's overly dramatized. You know what I mean? That's uh, that's one thing that pushes off documentaries these days. Yeah, like. Like especially the lifetime documentaries where they always have to put that negative effect <laughs> with the music. He was their friend and neighbor until he wasn't. <laughs> then, they, then they take the family photo and then they invert the colors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. look, I mean, I get it. It's entertainment, so you got to put some uh, some level of drama to it. But geez, Louise, like now it's all of a sudden it's freaking Real Housewives of the Solar System or something. But anyway, <laughs> I just wanted to mention it. So if you do have a Netflix subscription. Landlord or or, or what tenant? I guess lease. Um, They've put an end to that, my guy. <laughs> Remember? Well, I wouldn't know because <laughs> I'd be I'd just be paying my own bill. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> look at look at <laughs> balling on that seven ninety nine a month. It's actually gone up. I think it's eleven ninety nine. Wait, you're you're on the SD package? Eleven ninety nine, twelve ninety nine. No, it's HD. So yeah, that's the twelve ninety nine. Yeah, twelve ninety nine. I was about to say, you broke your the same Get your life together. Have you, sh- no shame. Uh, that big ass TV in your living room looking like you're in an Egonet video call. <laughs> Just pixels. <laughs> it's like watching Roblox. <laughs> anyway, with how good our internet is, I mean, there's no point in getting HD content anyway. So, <laughs> no, but actually, when you go through the VPN, Funny enough, Netflix never seems, everything else seems to have a problem, but Netflix never seems to have a problem. I don't know what's up. But anyway. I, I, they, they might have a, they, they actually might have a um, server. Because keep, keep, keep in mind, Kwese did have a, a partnership deal with Netflix, which probably means Kwese slash Liquid slash Econet probably have um, a caching server somewhere nearby. Or, probably. Because I mean, <clears throat> okay, we're, we're getting a little distracted. Someone said we're doing gaga, but I do want to say, 
even when the internet seems bad, Netflix somehow seems to work just fine. Yeah. Maybe it's just, maybe it's just me. But anyway, uh, yeah, so, th- so that's how we're going to start the show this week. Otherwise, eh, look, sorry, we're not around last week. Uh, as Phil already mentioned, we are super busy, but let's get straight into it. Phil, there's a lot let's, to talk let's, about. Let's talk about, uh, should we talk about, let, no, let's talk about the week before. So I think let's start with big, big night. Um, there was a, it was an ongoing debate. Obviously, had we been on air last week, we would have discussed it. It's a little stale, but it's still relevant to, to our listeners, I'm sure. It was the Arya star. Versus Nasty C and Casper. Where were you? Were you going to go downtown or uptown? Were you going to the polo? Were you going to the fiesta? Well, we went to the fiesta. Because we're on the streets. But we're ten toes down. No, but I, I was always going because it's junior. Whenever yeah, junior, yeah, yeah. whenever it's junior, junior is, is uh, probably like one of the last few African hip-hop acts that I'm still a fan of. You know what I mean? And I, I, lo- I love just soaking that in. Pause. <laughs> I, I, I hear you, and I really enjoyed that as well. But I mean, I was, I was a little excited to see Aria, mm. like a little bit. I, it would Ira, been, like, Ira. No, I do you know? Not, do you it would have been nice to see her, especially since she's also alumni of the podcast. Keep in mind, what? Funny enough, all three alumni of the podcast. Look, we move, uh-huh. we move. What can we say? <laughs> so, on, so yeah. So, so thing. Two weeks ago, there was uh, the Casper New West and Fiesta and uh, a nasty C show at Fiesta Fiesta uh, and African Throne Tour. Mm-hmm. And then uh, on the same night was uh, the Sunshine Cup with Ira Starr and Tammy Moyo. Um, unbeknownst to me, it was also the Kadoma Music Festival, which is not just a, like a small thing. It's It was huge. Yeah, they were, I mean, my, 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 my boo was there. Makazi was there. Yeah, Makazi was there. Japraiser was there. Mm. Um, I think Winky D was there. Mm. It, was, it was huge. That was probably the most attended Sulu. out of... Sulu was there. It was the most attended out of all the, of, of the three that we've mentioned. Um, and then probably second was Fiesta Fiesta. Um, I don't believe the numbers I was given. I would estimate there was about 5,000 people there. We, we were on stage, Dad. We, we, yeah, yeah. We saw you. And so there were quite a few people there. So wh- why are we on stage? Do we don't get to that part now. We don't get to Look, it's not necessary. Let's just say we were sitting, so doing VIP. <laughs> no, Dad, it's a, it's a funny story. <laughs> so the funny the funny story is this, and I, 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 I'll tell it. So we actually called Chucky on you. On the podcast, yeah. Um, how, how do you... As people in the industry, we, we've, we've had to obviously work, we're partner with Chucky on certain things. So what happened last year is when I decided that we want, my company wanted to move more into music, I ended up Chucky and I was like, listen, you don't have a stage manager. I know you don't have a stage manager because whenever my artists are booked for your show, it's a mess and I have to force it on stage. So I'll volunteer to be a stage manager. And he's like, okay, how much would that cost? I'm like, no, free of charge. I just want to train my staff. And so we did. I trained all my staff. I, sadly, now that I need the stuff that I've trained for stage management for a very big event that will need a competent stage manager, my staff member has moved on <laughs> to other pastors. But that's neither here nor there. Um, so that's the backstory of it. And we've worked with Chucky on various things. He's helped out here. He's helped out there, blah, blah, blah. So, however, for this event, um, as you listeners might remember, on, on a, we actually called him a few weeks ago. And I was like, yo, Chucky, tickets are fine. And Chucky was like, Phil, you're going to have to pay. I was like, Chucky, I'm not paying for tickets. Are you crazy? No. So as it just so happens, Dan happened to get some tickets. Then uh, my sister was visiting from New Zealand. You might remember her from her Okie Doki Artichoki <laughs> sign off a few months back. <laughs> her and her family uh, were back. And it was actually great seeing my nephew and my niece again. But you're, ah. the, the, you know, 
These are kids raised in the first world. So yeah, it's different. F- first world children, right? Fam, they were breaking remotes day one. <laughs> I didn't even know an Apple TV remote could break, but they did. They found a way to break. Nice. Like day one. Wow. Amazing. So anyway, um, well, what did I mention my sister again? I, I lost my train of thought. My sister was around. Um, oh, my sister was around. So that afternoon, and also because Dan and I had to do some work, we took the kids to Jam Tree. So the kids were out having fun. Um, and then we met up with some other friends. Shout out to to Shu. Shu was like, you know what? Um, I've got some tickets to this concert as well, but I'm not going. So anyway, here are a couple of VIP tickets. Um, and we're like, we don't need them. But you know what? At least now we've got extra tickets to, you know, give to friends, blah, blah, blah. All these friends flicked on us. But Dan and I were focused. The missus was focused. We were like, we're going to this show. Bet. We pitch up to the show. We silt, we, we're chilling. We got our drinks. You know what I mean? Got a great seat in the house. We're chilling with Zulu boy, just catching up. Then out of nowhere, apparently, apparently through the grapevine, people were told that no, Phil is stage managing. Keep in mind, Phil has not been contacted once about this. You didn't even have a ticket. I didn't even have a ticket. Like I, I had to get my own ticket for this event. And then the proprietor of the event walks by me and is like, Ah, Dan and Phil, you're here. Stage managed. <laughs> <laughs> so. We looked at each other laughing, but because we kind of needed the practice and we're like, you know what? Screw it. It's fun. Um, this is the type of work we enjoy doing because I, I actually do enjoy doing this. I enjoy, I enjoy that, 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 that problem solving element. I was like, fine, I'll stage manage. It was cool. actually a very interesting evening because was- one day, one day we would like to peel the curtain behind hip hop in Zimbabwe. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Yeah. There was a lot of subtext. There's, there's, there's a little bit of beef, a little bit of. Not even beef, like posturing, this posturing, yeah, you know, like egos and and Ningi's supposed to go on stage next, and you're calling. Where the hell is but Ningi and Ningi? I need, I need to tell this story because this. So anyway, I'm I'm now stage managing with Dan, so we put together a preliminary lineup. So I'm working with Dan. I'm like, okay, Dan, if you can handle the sound guys, I'll handle the artists because I know them. Blah 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 blah. So we 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 a pretty good tandem. It wasn't it wasn't it was. To be fair, it wasn't even that hectic of a, of a of an event. You know what I mean? We still had time to chill, enjoy, what, what, what. So, Denim Woods goes on stage. Denim Woods then has the OCD crew, and they play Performer My Way. Crowd goes crazy, because that song is, is, is ringing off in the streets. If you've heard the song, you'll also note that one of the last verses on the song is a, is a verse by Kiki Perez. When Denim Woods went on stage, Kiki Perez was not there. Um, Kiki Batters, she was not on the lineup. Hey, no, yes. This was this was like a surprise, a surprise appearance. But yeah, she was not. She was not. This was not on the lineup. Keep in mind that day, for the previous twenty four hours, she had been, let's just say, she was being cooked on Twitter. Yeah, sure. I, <laughs> her, her phone must have been what? Her uh, phone must have been what? That, that was not even cooking oil, my guy. She used. She was. They were using lard. On her, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but so, the backstory. Denim Woods is killing it on stage. They start performing a my way. I'm like, okay. OCD at their thing. I guess Kiki's not going to be part of it. But you know, it, it's normal for that to happen. You know you know where Kiki was at the time? Uh-huh. I know, I know. But mm. So now, as the stage manager, I, I survey the scene and I see in the distance uh, Kiki and another female artist we will not name um, having an argument with security because she does not have accreditation but she wants to get backstage because she wants to perform a song. So, and I, I, I rush. And also at this time, I'm fighting because the, the mics are, one of the mic dies. So these guys are literally performing a my way. 
a song with uh, an ensemble of eight strong who all need mics with literally like one or two mics on stage. And I'm trying to get the other mic fixed. So I'm like, okay, screw it. I drop the mic. I rush over to the screen. I'm like, dude, let her in. She's got to get on stage now. Literally, the chorus is kicking in. Hmm. I, I can hear the chorus kicking in. I'm like, oh, God. I'm, I'm telling the DJ because I don't think she's going to make it. I'm like, the DJ, wheel it back. The DJ's like, no, nah, no, nah, she's going to make it. No, nah, no, nah, dude, wheel it back. She's not going to make it. Kiki is in heels, in grass, trying to walk <laughs> as fast as she can on stage. Then, for some reason, a light-skinned podcast host, I'm not going to mention names, decides he wants to be Mr. Social. And say, like, hey, Kiki, how you doing? Give us a hug. Start small talking. I promise you, I wanted to punch you in the face so bad Phil, in that moment. You're so dramatic. Dan. She walked past and said, hey, what's up? I'm around real Dan, quick and Dan, then went. But then did I not say, she doesn't have time. I didn't even speak to her. <laughs> Literally, as Kiki makes it to the top of the stage, her verse starts. She gets the mic, goes front of stage, crowd goes crazy. Can you face the mic to you? What's great? Things go without a hitch. It, 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 but that's the chaos and beauty of it. What, what I want to say is, as much as Kiki was getting cooked online, it's not real. It's not real life, man. The streets love her, yo. Let's let let let's, let's go forward. I think we're gonna jump around. Mm. So now, um, later on in the evening, Holy Ten is on the line. Right now, Dan, and this is where the stage management <laughs> becomes a headache because there's now a gap in the program where. The hip-hop acts have not arrived, but they're scheduled to arrive. Let's put it this way. Casper and your vest is scheduled to go on stage at 10 o'clock. And that's a hard, that's a hard time. There's, there's no pushing it back. I've already spoken to his team. They've told me, yo, contractually, 10. Keep in mind, his team are people I know. Like, Dan saw it like, I hadn't seen T. Lee in years. T. Lee's even like, yo, Phil, where you been, bro? Anyway. <laughs> 10 o'clock, Casper and your vest is going on stage. It's 9 o'clock. And there's three artists. To, no, it was it was even like nine thirty, and there's three artists still to perform. Ah, there was more than that actually, because some artists didn't perform at all. Yeah, yeah. So now, on top of that, we're also trying to find Holy Ten Watcho. We're trying to find Vaults. Okay. We, anyway, yeah, a lot Baga, of those. Bling Four is missing. No, Baga had performed. Baga was there. Bling Four finally arrived. Bling Four arrived, and then he performed. Bling Four did a set. We couldn't. Holy Ten. Some way, somehow, Dan finds someone who knows. I found, I didn't, I know him, but I didn't know he was Holy Ten's former manager. Mm. So I'm, I'm trying to call Holy Ten's number that I have, which, mm. I mean, I, I don't even know where I got it from. I've never used it. I got it from somewhere in my head. I was like, oh, one day when I need to call Holy Ten, I'll mm. use it. The number's not going through. It's not going through. I'm like, oh, who the hell knows who Holy Ten, uh, I'm trying to find Holy Ten's number. Who, who can I call? I go up to PD. PD was there. He was doing interviews uh, for the radio. So I'm like, PD, do you have Holy Ten's number? He's like, okay, try this number. This, I think this is supposed to be his manager, whatever. I'm trying to call. Ah, I can't get hold of him. So I'm, you know, I'm feeling a little bit stressed. And then I see this guy that I'm like, hey, what up, man? I'm like, what are you doing here? He's like, no, I got invited. I'm like, how come? He's like, no, I'm Holy Ten's former manager. I'm like, oh, can you call him? He's like, okay. So he calls him and he's like, where you at? He's like, I don't know, way, way, Marundir. Or something like that. It's like, bro. <laughs> what the, okay, how long before he gets here? Ah, like 40 minutes. Okay, cool. If we move things around, gee, gee, gee. anyway. So, so, anyway, yeah, Dan and I are managing the schedule. Then eventually, now, now we're, we're at a, a hard point in the in the program where we, we cannot fill the gap anymore. So we call him, they're like, okay, we're backstage. We're, we're abbreviating the story, but <laughs> yes. we're to, so anyway, Dan and I are stressed. We're like, okay, what do we do? All right, finally, Dan gets this guy's number. Guys, where are you? I know we're in town now. Guy, oh, okay, guys, can you please add a little for five more minutes? Okay, guys, where are you now? 
Oh, okay, no, we're backstage. Okay, can you come to the thing? Nah, come get us. <laughs> what? Uh, Dan, okay, screw it. Let's go. So keep in mind, there's no time for us to commandeer security. And we're not accredited for anything, by the way. We just have VIP tickets. Well, no, our accreditation was Chucky told the bouncers, whatever these guys want, listen to them. At, that's the bouncers at backstage. But for the gate to come in, yeah, we were not. We were not. We were just, people just so good. Ah, these guys look like they're serious. Mm. Just let them through. <laughs> no, but, but, but people, like, they knew me. I think you, you, like, they, look, they knew. Guys, me, I got the gift of the gab. I just took my way through but, things. But, uh, <laughs> some members of Holy Tears Entourage, not so. Anyway, anyway, so, we finally get, we get them. We get holy. We're like, all right, dude, we gotta go. So, Dan and Dan is literally leading the entourage. <laughs> it was a funny feeling, like like Shug Knight. Come with me, pushing people out of the way. Move, move, and, move. And, and then the, the, the wild thing is, like, as we're walking through, like, we hear people back say, "Oyo, oyo, mujaya, mujaya, oyo." Like, ah, no, this man so, is love. So we're trying to get him into the other the, the other gate. The guys are saying, "Use this gate." I'm like, but guys, I know this gate. The only person that has the keys to this gate is Chucky. Chucky's not here, so we're not going to get through this gate. Because in previous events, when our stage manager, I was the one who had the key. So I know the protocol. So I'm like, okay, we're going to have to go around the other gate. Eventually, we go to that other gate. So I get to the gate. I brief the guys. I'm like, listen, guys, I'm here with Holy. They don't have tags. We, they need to go on stage. You need to let them in. They're like, I right, cool. The bouncers recognize Holy. They recognize Michael Mags. They recognize about two other individuals. Those guys get through with Dan. No problem. <laughs> and remember, I'm I'm moving with a serious face. I'm not even moving looking back. And Come with me. And, straight forward. And, and, and I've now adopted that, that, that role of the, the person that stands at the velvet rope ushering people through. <laughs> That's what I'm doing. I'm ushering them through. And it's, it's going great, Dan. You know what I mean? It's working well. Then all of a sudden, someone moved with a little too much gusto. And the bouncers were not having it. I've never seen someone fly back so quick in my life. It was like a video game, bro. Like, do you see? Man's walked in and immediately flew. <laughs> <laughs> and the bouncers, hey, cheering, cheering, The problem is we don't know. We didn't know which guy is it because he came with quite an entourage. That's the other thing. But why me, are moving 12 but, deep or whatever? But also, I'm used to this. May I make sure the artists that need to be on stage are the ones we make sure enter first. The other ones, they will deal with it at a later date. After a long fracas and trying to calm the guys down, eventually it was like, okay, we, I think we got like one or two other guys through the rest of the thing. Ushered Holy to VIP, killed a couple of, killed a couple of minutes, got Holy on stage. Holy goes on stage, crowd goes banana. Okay. I actually, I'm, I'm cutting out another part. Shout out to DJ Irock. The other thing that was delaying us on stage, if you remember, is the DJ who was supposed to DJ for Holy, his controller didn't have XLRs and they couldn't find the adapter. So there was like a five minute delay of us trying to figure out how do we get this guy connected. Then out of nowhere comes Mashweda's finest DJ Irock. Shout out to him. And he's like, screw it, I'll DJ for Holy. Sets up his controller, bam, into the set. And he kills it. It almost felt like he had been rehearsing with Holy. They, they do a solid 15-minute set, and I'm on stage, crowd is going crazy, and I'm like, guys, I would have sworn there was a boycott Holy movement. I would have sworn he lost 10,000 followers or something on Instagram. But it looks, it looks like his followers are still strung out here, though. 
He's got the streets. I won't lie. He's got the streets. So he does his performance, kills it, dope. Then um uh, go catch up with, with Casper and the team. I haven't seen Ali in years. I think you also saw that. Catch up with Ali. It was all good seeing him. Casper goes on stage. Casper does his thing, shuts it down. Nasty goes on stage, kills it. I think one of the one of the things that I really enjoyed and was interesting to see was I missed a I missed Casper at his peak, but a lot of people and I I try not to be braggadocious about this, but I myself Tediso particularly myself and Tediso who used to write for the African blog we literally documented the rise of Casper in your vest. Casper in your vest first press pick like the pick that always used to get quoted in articles and on on his flyers was an African hip hop blog pick taken by Tediso. And that's not an exaggeration. That's and he never credited us, but uh, you know, so the culture is cool. Casper in your vest bio was the first paragraph was a quote from my article. His Wikipedia used to be like like the first two paragraphs were from my articles. So I've I've seen Casper go from that that weird dude with the ponytail to to Gusheshe, Doc Shebeleza, Pumakim, to what what solo fellow like that that all rise. And then there was a time when his fans hated me because I was like, his music wasn't growing. And um, even there was a time, like even him, him and I had a little bit of friction. It was weird. Like you, you could sense that the, the energy had changed. And then I think now, you know, I mean, so much time has passed, like dudes are cool or whatever. But one thing I do remember is Casper was very was confident, but also slightly arrogant. And when I was told that Casper was opening for Nasty, it took me by surprise. But it makes sense. But it still took me aback. Not only that, but when you saw Casper supporting Nasty the way he did, I was like, I, I wonder if we are not looking at things a bit wrong. I don't think it's such a clear delineation between opening for who must perform for. So, for example. Keep in, keep in mind the conversation we just had before about the artists. No, I hear you. Yeah. But for example, Volts performed after Nasty C. But no one would ever say Nasty C opened for Volts. No, but that's different because I know it was it, the reason. The reason that we did that was because of the timing. But my point is, just because someone performs before the other one, it doesn't mean no. But but that it's this but, for. but the setlist is designed that way because the setlist was designed for Casper to perform. Then they perform Juice back together. Then Nasty does his set. I understand. And then they close with Jump. So does that mean? Does that necessarily mean that the 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 Agreement was that Nasty is bigger than Casper, but but that's what it is. Nasty right now is bigger than Casper. I think so. My question is, does Casper think so? But the way Casper was moving, it was, I I don't, I think it, it it's almost it almost puts like who's bigger to to the side. It's more so like yo, I'm the OG, and I'm here to support this new young act. Granted, he's not new anymore because he's been in the Nasty's been in the game for a while now. But I'm here to support him. And that's what Casper was doing. Like, Casper was on stage. I've got, like, I, I, you, you saw it for yourself. Like, for the first half of Nasty's set, Casper's on stage with the bag with me, dancing along. I'm like, yo, that's, that's dope. And he goes off stage. And then even when he's off stage, he's still dancing, singing along. Then he comes on stage, you know, showing love. I think that was, that was dope to see, man. That, that's, even if it was just for, like, the cameras, even if it's just PR or whatever, 
at this point, I don't care. I just, I just like that imagery. I like that visual of like just supporting the karate. And shout out to one of, some of your favorite bad bads. Ah, No, but then remember, <clears throat> actually, no, let's not get too deep into it. But the host. No, that is fair and fine. But also, we can see the hustle. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no I see. Then <laughs> I ain't even mad at it. Ah, no, it was funny to see. It was funny to see. It was, it was funny to see. Like, we were laughing about things, but like, hard work pays off. Because after, after, like, after that, because even King 98 was like, yo, let's hit the club. Oh, like, my, my guy. I don't know. Like, yeah. I'm going on. It was fun. Yeah, uh, I was, <laughs> I, I was, everyone I was saying, I was like, yeah, I'm right behind you. I'm right behind you. I don't know. <laughs> right, we'll, we'll meet there. We'll meet there. I'm behind you. Um, yeah. I mean, enjoyable to see and enjoyable to peek behind the curtain and actually be involved backstage and all of that. That was pretty cool. So I think also something I need to ask you. So was this your first fiesta? Yes. <laughs> How did you find My it? first fiesta. So do you understand what I mean when I not describe fiesta? Keep in mind, this was, this was a very mild fiesta. Bro. This was actually That's chilled. That's what I was going to say. It was somewhat mild, somewhat chilled. He, okay. To be 100% honest, if I'm not really rocking with the artist there, I know I wouldn't enjoy myself. That It's too... Young. <laughs> you get what I mean? You know what I mean? Like, it's too... Like, mm. hey, man, I just want to... But it's good to tap into, see what the youth I, are feeling. It was fun. And I would do it once in a while. And, like, for example, for Nasty C was there, I know I'm going to have a good time because I actually enjoy watching his music. But, like, if it's... um, If it's... They typically have these I'm a piano acts, which is... There's not a problem with that. It's just, I will know two of the songs. Mm. Right? And when those songs come, I'm like, hey! But it's also just the same as if a DJ played it because it's not like they're bringing on a, a band and really doing a performance of the song. They're just there for these songs, and you know? So I know I wouldn't enjoy it as much as if I went to an STC concert. Um, I, I don't think I can reveal who's supposed to come next. But... Probably, you know, just like, uh, you so know... Who's, who's Oh, okay. Okay. I don't know if it's true or not, or if it was just, you know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> there's a possibility. There's yeah. a possi- there's a possibility. Because yeah, okay. 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 <laughs> ah that will definitely be there. Ah no, I doubt it, man. Ah, Jay, let's go there. Let's go stage manage, uh, bro. Stage manage. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, it was it was a it was a, a great time happening at the same time um, across the railway line was uh, uh, the Ira Star concert, which, judging from the pictures I saw, I mean it wasn't absolutely terrible, but there weren't that many people. But also, how many people? I think my my whole question is like, how many people do you expect to attend an event that's that's predicated on high fashion? Like, yeah, 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 you have to dress like you're in a polo, then you have to sit. I thought it was hot. Yeah, you have to sit in the middle of the haystack, in the middle of the track, on my haystack or my pallet benches, on my pizza. But apparently her performance was good. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I have no doubt that it was. I would have loved to see it if it, if it was possible to go to both. If, if, yeah, if it, was, if it was on like the Friday or the, another day or something. I, yeah, I put one day in between. Please. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're grown. We're grown. Nah, Dan, yeah. Phil, there's a couple of things we need to get. Uh, the, the people them need our opinions on. <clears> no, we haven't even discussed my last weekend, Dan. What did you do last weekend? I was in Zambia. Oh, snap. Yeah, yeah, you were in Zambia. With, uh, with Ms. Ren. <laughs> hey. uh, so. That was a rough weekend also. What, what happened last week? No, because we had to, we were working, guys. 
the worst thing is I was working like and in between it was it was it was wild. Like I was I was a dude literally I was on my laptop in the middle of groove. Mm. <laughs> but it made me look important. Because <laughs> I because fam, like anywhere I wanted to go, I just walked through. Like, yeah, I'm the investor. <laughs> I'm the investor. So, but but yeah, so um for those of you who don't know, there's Jameson Connect happening uh, next week, Saturday, November 4th at Jam Tree. Um, Dan and I are part of the team that are bringing that together. Um, so we've been working around the clock, making sure that we book some artists. I think we've created a very good lineup. I'm really excited for the lineup we've done. 100% local. Because you know, Dan, we, we care about the culture. Mm. You know what I mean? We're like, yo, you know what? Psh, no, more, no more bringing in these artists. No more paying. No more externalization of local funds. We're investing in the culture because that's what we've been about since day These words are going to come bite you in your bums. When the next event we do, it's going to be all international. No, but then I'll be like, but last time I did. (laughs) Guys, we've got a balance. We've got a balance. We've got a balance. Yeah, no, but but, but it it, it is quite an exciting lineup, but it's less about the line. I mean, the lineup is important. But but it's it's also about the the event. Like, so... It's going to be dope. We went to to the the Zambian edition to experience that, you know, so we can copy notes because that's a little what I was doing. I was just copying. It's a global, it's a global thing, by the way. Yeah, it's global. So so James again, it's a global thing. Went to Zambia, was with Miss Red, she was the representative from Zimbabwe. Um, And yeah, it was good vibes, man. I bumped into some old friends that I hadn't seen in a long time. Some some people I hadn't seen, I hadn't expected to see at all. Um, So that was interesting. That was fun. It was good to soak up the culture in, in, in Zambia. Um, the vibe was really dope. It was good energy, good people. Um, it was hot. But you're dead. The heat. 40 degrees. It's hey, not a joke. Up are you in Livingston? And yeah. I, I, I wasn't drinking. I was just downing water. Because I was working. Because when I'm working, I don't drink. And I was parched throughout the day. I don't understand how people were drinking alcohol in that heat and still functioning. Not only that, the moment the sun sets... Those mosquitoes, Dan, have you ever seen a swarm of mosquitoes? Like a visible swarm of mosquitoes. But I mean, come to think, I guess you wouldn't think about it, but in that area, that would be a very difficult place to have a nighttime event. Fam, the mosquito game was insane. It was wild. I've I've never experienced something like that before. Granted, I've been to Vic Falls before. I haven't been to Livingston, so my first time in Livingston. So I, I don't know. I don't know what it is about being across the border. There are mosquitoes in 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 Vic Falls, definitely. I've experienced mosquitoes, but not like that. <laughs> but not like that, my guy. It, it's actually going to be quite exciting for us to give you a, a blow by blow of uh, the event uh, afterwards. Uh, until that, the day of that event, we are going to be besieged with yeah. work. Right now, it is eleven p.m. We're recording the podcast because we will not have time later. And after this, we're going home, taking emails, getting back to work. We've got a 9 a.m. meeting. Oh, so much work. But, you know, we do this for you guys because we love you. But, yeah, thank you guys so much for the journey. And I am genuinely appreciative because I think without the podcast, without um, the people supporting us, you know, especially keeping me particularly, like, invested and focused in culture, in the Zim entertainment scene, and what my goals and plans are for it, I don't think we'd be here. And have this opportunity to to bring the to be part of this. So shout out to you guys. We really appreciate you. And this is just the first of many. There's gonna be a lot more events like this down the pipeline. So yeah, look out for that. We can just hope. We can just hope and speak into existence.
Yeah, guys, okay, there's just a couple of, st- I mean, there's a lot of things here, but we don't have to do all of them. Just do a couple of stories. So first of all, um, how do you feel about Jada, Philip? I think, yeah, we, that we can't gaga gaga this, we've got to talk about it. Tell me, what are you thinking? Okay. I'm very progressive. Okay, in fact, quick, give, quick give overview, you, as per usual. Yeah. I, I always, I don't want to assume people know what we're talking about. Most of you probably do, but just in case you don't. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, it's gone a little quieter now, but over the last couple of weeks, Jada Pinkett Smith has been in the news as she promotes her new memoir. Um, and it's called Worthy. It's just come out now. So obviously she's doing the, the rounds. She's all, all the media and all the podcasts. And you know, the problem with podcasts is you reveal a lot. But anyway, I'm sure it was all planned because it's stuff from the book. Uh, Jada Pinkett Smith revealed many things. And if you've been following the story of Jada Pinkett Smith, you would, many people feel that she keeps on embarrassing Will. Because she says stuff about how Tupac is her soulmate or whatever. Which, again, I, I recognize a lot of these things, context is required. But as an overall picture, it, it looks, there's a lot of people who feel some type of way by Jada Pinkett Smith talking uh, or revealing certain things about their personal life and so-called embarrassing will. Um, anyway, in one of her interviews, she reveals, coming from the book, which of course is later, uh, at the time the book can be released, but she reveals in this interview that her and Will have been separated since 2017. Is that correct? Yeah, 2016, 2017. 2016-2017. Um, they are not divorced, but they're separated. Uh, in fact, she says that she was surprised that he called her his wife after the slap. At the time, I had some views. Then I watched one of the interviews and I updated my views. And we had a little bit of a conversation about this in the group. Mm. So, what, 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 what changed about your views? So at first, I did feel quite strongly like <clears throat> Jada is saying a lot of outrageous things because she knows that it gets people mad because then she knows that it will sell her book. And in my mind, I was like... I, I, that just doesn't sound cool to me. Like, fine, you're marketing and you're, you're, you're good at it, but it seems like you're sacrificing something else for that marketing. And I didn't like the view of that. Otherwise, apart from that, I didn't feel super strongly about it, but just as an overall view, that's what I felt. Then when I watched her interview, I think it became a little bit more clear to me. Again, it could be PR, but I got more of the feeling that this was a, a little bit more than just saying outrageous things. She was talking about being unhappy in her marriage because she supported her husband's hustle, goals, dreams and put hers on the back burner for so long. She did it willingly. She didn't blame anyone for it. She said, that's just what I did. And I started resenting him and resenting myself for that. And she talked about depression and so on. And she says, it finally got to a stage where I was like, you know what, screw it. I should be pursuing the things I want to do. And apparently, Will's response was like, you know what? You should do that. So then they amicably split. They're going to look after the kids together. But now she's pursuing some of her own goals and her own dreams, starting with, you know, trying to sort out her own complicated feelings and so on. And you know what? I was like, that's... When I listened to that, I was like, you know what? That's fair. That's fair. We've only ever seen the polished veneer of this PR relationship of black... This, this, this bastion of black love, Will and Jada love. You know what I'm saying? And... She's saying that that wasn't really what it was. I mean, I was cool, but I wasn't happy with the situation I was in. And now I feel like I want to speak about it. Fair. So I felt a little less animosity towards her actions, but I still think she's talking too much. I still think, not only that. yo, it's okay to feel that, but why are you on, why are you on a podcast saying that about the, the live father of your kids who you still interact yeah. with every day? And I think 
there's so many topics to touch on, but the first one is that. Anyway, yes. So before even responding to me, tell me what you were about to say, and then. No, I'll respond to you because it's okay. part of my uh, thing. So like, there's so many adults in complicated or unhappy marriages, or you you love someone intensely, but it's no longer those feelings aren't romantic anymore. But you still care about them. You still love them, right? And you're like, you know what? We've built a family. We've built maybe we've built a business together. So for the sake of everything that we've worked towards, let's figure out uh, a compromise situation that'll work for both of us, which it sounds exactly like what these people have done. That is not uncommon at all. Not even, I'm not even mad at it. It's like, that is, that is not uncommon. Where you lose me and where I have issue is even if Will is okay with you doing this, you speaking your truth or whatever, mm. At what point do you stop to think and be like, you know what, if I do this, how is Will going to be viewed? Not only that, how am I going to be viewed? How my kids? How exactly? How are my children going to be viewed? And that's where I'm like, you're moving foul there. Then the other thing is, there's your stories, once again, we're never going to get the full story, but there's so many inconsistencies. The August Alcina thing was after 2017, correct? In that interview, did they not end it by saying, we are married for life? And they said, ride together, die together, bad marriage for life. <laughs> That's how they, I remember that. Because I went, I went back to watch it and I was like, and even in that interview, Will calls her out and she's like, no, we had an entanglement. It's like, entanglement? What are you doing? It was an affair. And Will was like, but I told you not to, Auntie Zika. And you did. So let's, let's put that in context. Even as you're saying that, for the longest time, I think it was an open secret that everyone knew that Will and Jada are in somewhat of an open relationship. So even within that, mm-hmm. yeah, even even within that, I mean, I'm not going to deal with the gossip. I'm going to deal with the, the, what, what you guys have presented as fact. And that's where I have issue with everything Jada is doing. Because you have, you run a company with this man, Westbrook Productions. There's that. Remember that video that Jada posted when she was promoting Red Table Talk, and she pulled out the camera and she was about she was about to interview one of the the therapists that her and Will went to. Keep in mind, Nandika. Once again, this is post 2017. This therapist that you claim has saved your marriage is coming on your show, and you pull out your phone and you start recording Will in the kitchen, and Will is visibly upset and he says, "Babe, can you please stop putting the phone out without letting me know." Because social media is how I make my money. And you are right now, you're messing with the brand that makes our money. And not only does she continue to record, she still uploaded that video. And now, like at the time, it was awkward and people kind of laughed it off. But now when you put it with this and with everything else that's been going on, it starts to look really weird. And it just, it saddens, it saddens me. Because it's like, Jada almost doesn't seem to have any accountability because for, for all this, for you to, to say that you have a marriage therapist that, that saved your marriage, for you to do that red table talk and embarrass world in that thing. After, let's not forget why you were there. You had an affair with your son's best friend. They were close enough for him to be spending days upon days at their home. That's a close that that that's some form of a friend, right? You know what I mean? Also think about how 
crazy that is. This child, at that time, August Alsina had health and mental health issues. He needed somewhere safe to be. He comes to your home to recoup and recover. God bless that he's got that opportunity to have a safe, well, what was supposed to be a safe space for him to recover. And then you now start uh, living out porn up fantasies. That's foul. Like, I don't think, I don't, that, to me, I don't think there's any way you can excuse that. Like, yes, he's an adult. Yes, but you are the friend, the mother of his friend. It's weird. It's, but it's Hollywood also. It's also, yeah, but it's also, yeah, but it it is. It it is weird. But but it's Hollywood. So, and then, so there's there's that. It's like, Jada, what is the truth? Yeah, I can't believe believe I'm about to defend Jada. But where's the accountability? On top of that, what I don't understand is that's what that's what makes me the most mad. Why do you continue to? I don't understand why your pursuit of truth and speaking your truth and being honest to yourself and all these buzzwords supersedes your family's privacy, your family's dignity, your husband's dignity, separated or not, your children's dignity, and even the company you've built because even your every, own. And then the thing that really put it over the top to me is I don't know if you saw Dan. Will Smith uh, launched the podcast today. Class of 88. So obviously, this podcast, looking at the production, it was shot months ago. It's been in post-production. There obviously was a marketing plan because everything Will Smith does and Westbrook do, meticulous marketing, meticulous development, blah, 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 blah. So clearly, there, there must have been a discussion. Maybe you're not even in the house anymore, but there must have been a discussion like, hey, my book is coming, is planning to come out on this time. I bet I'm going to launch my podcast around this time. Maybe we can, you know, because let's not be naive. They obviously do know how to market their personal lives for business benefits, right? But now, how do we look at Will the same after you've done this to him? You know what I mean? No matter what you believe, how do you ignore how the world views your man? Keeping in mind, this used to be the one of the biggest Hollywood stars. There was a point where it was Tom Cruise and Will Smith. Get, get, get. Um, I I agree very strongly with one thing. I think the idea of speaking your truth has been turned into a buzzword. Speaking your truth, I don't think that means going and revealing your dirty secrets or your family secrets on a podcast to the world. In fact, I'm 100% sure it doesn't mean that. And, and, and 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 it's not even like she's exposing like, Will abused me. Will has been keeping me hostage. You know what I mean? It's we. we it's they're just in all their own internal struggles, we, and their own internal you know romance. I mean? Will 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 was selfish because he wanted his career. I let, I supported him. I resented him. Imagine Imagine we came on this podcast and you to pick one of your exes, and just like listen, I'm here to speak my truth. I don't want to be. I don't want to. I don't want to. Oh, you mean like what they used to do to me? <laughs> I don't want to live in a lie. Mm. Let me tell you about blah blah blah. Mm. Then she did this to me. Then she did this. Unprovoked food. That's. That's not speaking your truth. That's just airing That's dirty just, uh, laundry unnecessarily. But but keep in mind, uh, once again, unprovoked. It's not like they filed for divorce. And people are like, what happened? Tell us what happened. You know what I mean? It's, it's not, just. It's I not, would like to tell you guys something that you haven't it, asked for. It's not like they were caught fight. Like it's not like Solange was caught beating Will up in the elevator, and people were like, "Yo, why is Solange beating Will up in the elevator?" Oh well, you see, you know what I mean. It's just unprovoked. I have, I have a flip side. You know, men are very, men are very driven by ego. 
it's almost comical to watch, especially because I see it in myself as well. And I'm not sitting here claiming that ah, I'm different. We are. It's how we look in front of other people is so important to us. How are people going to look at me after this? Or how are they going to think about me? Or how are they going to view me? You even said it just now. How are we supposed to look at Will after this? If you were to really think about it, that's the least important thing. Your relationship with your wife is far more important than how people will look at you. But somehow we continue to be driven by ego. It's like, it's just a thing. And it's such a common conversation. You hear it on podcasts. You, I, I hear people speak about it all the time. Like, bro, what will people think? How, how are they going to respect you when you when How you go? I saw a thread today on Twitter explaining why you shouldn't propose in public. And the main reason for it was because how will you be able to show your face in public when she rejects you? Yeah, it's true. It's embarrassing. But surely more important than that is your relationship with the person. How is, how is your motivation for proposal? And, and, and the reasoning behind it was like, listen, the, the, the surprise element of the proposal is not, oh, surprise, I want to marry you. You should have been had conversations about marriage. The surprise element is now's the place, now's the time, this is how I'm going to do it. But she should know that you want, the reason for that is not so that you don't get embarrassed. That's like a, the fifth on the list, or it should be. But because egos are so important to us, and I think we, we, we place so much emphasis that we shouldn't. I want to try and devolve my mind a little bit about the, of that. I, 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 I notice it myself. I see it sometimes in myself when I think, but what will people think if they see you do this or they see you say, that's the least important. Why, what, who cares what people think? Why is that? Who cares? Of course we care. So I, I'm using hyperbole, but why should the fact that people will think I'm a chump because they saw this happen? Hey man, you don't know my relationship. You don't know the details of my relationship. You don't know what we went through or how we discussed or how we planned or how we live our life or how what my values are. But now I must worry about what your opinion is of me and my relationship. So I think, I think we need to unlearn. It's, I'm speaking from a man's viewpoint, but it's also very much entrenched in many women. Like, call yourself a man. Meanwhile, this, this, that, that. You mean, you mean your woman did? Ask, just ask a man who's in a long-term relationship or in a committed relationship. What will you do if your woman cheats on you? Why? 99% of the time, I'll leave. My mama ain't raised no fool. Ain't nobody going to think I'm a chump. Stay. That doesn't matter. Who cares what people think? I, lo- I love how seeing Dan has changed. Carry on. This is- Who cares what people think? I haven't changed. I mean, I know I would care about that. Yeah. I, I just recognize it that I don't want to care about that. I don't want to care if people think I'm a chump. I'm more, in- I'm more interested in what our relationship is. If I leave because you cheated, it's because of me and our relationship. Not because I think... Uh, Phil and his guys will be on their podcast saying Dan is a chump. He stayed with his woman when she cheated on him. Man, first of all, it's none of your business. Second of all, you don't know anything about my life. That's what it should be. So I think the last thing on our list of discussions should be, unfortunately it's not, but it, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't come up on the discussions of how is Jada making Will look to us? Because <sighs> We shouldn't, our, our egos no, shouldn't. No, I, you're right, but this is where it is. Okay, first and foremost, I think, that, let me address it. That I find it, I'm finding it enlightening to see how Dan has matured as a married man. 
because there was a time we had this discussion and Dan, uh, I think we were listening to the podcast when Dan asked me, oh, why did you do someone cheated? Would you leave them? I'm like, no, it depends on the context because I, I think to me, like cheating isn't like some sort of, um, what's the word? Uh, deal breaker. It depends on the context. I'm also concerned, like, do you deliberately disrespect me or do you demean me? That's where, like, I would see the issue. And in, in, in as much as what you said is very correct, we need to divorce ourselves from what other people think. But you can't ignore the fact that when your business, when your brand, when your livelihood is dependent very much on what people think, that's an issue. And that's, that, that's why we're concerned is because now you want to tell your truth, but your, your truth is, is, to me, is inconsistent. Because do you, do you want to hear an update, by the way? Oh, oh, there's more. Oh, yeah. oh my god! Eish. Jada was on another podcast. Don't make it stop. Good lord! Oh no, actually, it was NBC News. Oh lord! Uh, oh no, NBC is when she revealed that uh, they had lived completely separate lives since 2016. Mm-hmm. But once again, if you lived separate lives, why are you? Why are you? Hang on. Okay, okay, okay. to quote Jada, this was on a recent promotional event for her memoir. This is where the media wants to clamp on something and spin it all around. I get it. Yes, we were separated for seven years until Oscar's night. So the interviewer asked her to be 100% clear. She responded that they are trying to reconcile. Yes, we are working very hard to bring our relationship back together, back to a life partnership. Here's the thing about my husband-wife marriage. For me, my healing process, I came into that with very specific ideas that blocked me from seeing Willis, who, who he is. He can't be this perfect idealized husband. I have to be able to accept him for the human that he is, accept me for the human that I am, and want to love each other there. Do you know, do you know... She told Stephen Colbert, that's still my man. Do you know, do you know, Jada, <laughs> Jada gives me PTSD. <laughs> oh. Whiplash. You, you know, you know that, have you seen those, like, that ongoing, um, like, theme of, The, the final thing I also want to say, just in somewhat of her defense, I recognize Jada as a flawed human who regrets some of the decisions she makes, but not in the manner of, I wish I hadn't done that, but in the manner of, you know what, with what I know now, I might not have done that then. So I think, you know, we're all just sort of floundering to, through life, making weird decisions sometimes, and... If someone, if I were to tell my life story to you, you, you would also be like, but why did you do that? And I'll be like, hey man, I don't know. That's just what made sense at the time. And now I look back on it. I'm sitting here thinking, damn, why did I do that? You know? And she's just flawed, just like anyone else. She admits it by herself that she's made mistakes. Here's here's the thing. So there's a, there's a, there's an account called Meet the Tops. Very funny couple from the Uganda. Have you watched it? Have you seen them? So in this particular video, the husband is trying to get his wife to pronounce certain words. So here we go. Babe, I want you to pronounce these words, yeah? All right, go on. What? First one? Oh, pseudo pseudo hypoparathyroidism. Oh, brilliant. Okay, cool, mm-hmm. cool, cool. Onomatopoeia. Brilliant. Look mm-hmm. at this one. Go on, go on, go on. So the word there is sorry, just to let you know. From the gut. Come on. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll try this. Pythagoras theorem. Okay, next one. Mm-hmm. Oh. Come on, babe. You can. It's phonetical. Uh, Come on. Uh, c- 
The word is accountability. Super colorfragilistic And uh, just like Jada, she has no accountability because her stories make no sense. If you're broken up, why, why, why are you going on the red table talk to discuss your, your marriage? Once again, without us asking, why, on top of that, are you building a whole show based on this family dynamic that you sort of created with you, your, your, your mother, your thing? And then keep in mind, like, she discusses that her, she grew up being, her parents were heroin addicts. Yep. And I... Your mother's there. Her mother's there. <laughs> yeah. and, and once again, like... I, I remember just, hearing it, that it, and just, I was like, wait, just, the same, like, Gam, what do they call her? Gam, 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 yeah. Her, don't you like see her every, are you sure you should, you want to be revealing this but, to the whole and, world? And, and that and that's what I'm saying. It's like, but they, you, like, the thing is, Jada is not dumb. She, she does not, she's not oblivious to the fact that her letting people into this family dynamic, whether created, genuine or fake, whatever, makes her money. It gives her social status. She knows and she recognizes being Will Smith's wife gives her social and financial status. And I'm not even being a hater. I'm not even being weird. But And we discussed this. If we look at the crop of actresses that Jada was part of, Jada's best career trajectory would have been Nia Long, Tyra Banks, maybe. And that's and I'm not even that's not even being a hater. That's just being a fact. Nia Long is the cream of the crop of her generation. If you look at all the women, keep in mind these are all the women that got their start on the Fresh Prince. Like their their, their first big cameo was on the Fresh Prince, and the careers blossomed into something. You're looking at Nia Long, looking at Tyra Banks, looking at Tisha Campbell. Those are all bastions of the black community. Love them to death, but those are not A-list they're celebrities. Not, they're not A-listers, yeah. Will Smith, like I said. Wait, is there an A-list of black actress? Black actress. No. That's wild. Don't you think? The closest we have is Angela Ali. Bassett. Ali. No, she was. She's not, she was. She's not anymore. I mean. There was, there was a time. Like, yeah, I yeah, suppose at her peak. Obviously, at Monsters Ball, when she won the Oscar, yes. Halle Berry. But that's about it. Angela Bassett, yeah. So, Halle, Angela. So, keep in mind, like. Jade, even with Will, Jada was like I was watching um, Lupita. No, nah, not even close. You know, I was I was in the hotel over the weekend when I got back from the event, mm. and um, Angel had Angel has fallen was showing. You know, the mm. the mm. third Gerard yeah. Butler thing, and and I'm watching it, and obviously it's now it's it's a fall from Olympus has fallen because that was oh, I yeah. love that. that movie was great. Yeah, and Jada's in that movie, and I'm like, fam, but this is your career. Your career is these part roles in B plus action movies. Right? But you recognize what Will does for your career. There's no way you'd be on that Oscars red carpet if it wasn't for Will. And keep in mind, how many memes have we seen of Will putting Jada front above him? Maybe that's an overcompensation or reaction to like what she said, him being selfish in his career. So he's like, okay, let me now try like do a grand gesture or whatever. But either way, the fact of the matter is, as I, th- I think I'm very open-minded, Dan. We've had conversations online, offline about these things. There, there were certain things about the, 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 the Smith marriage when they were revealed to me that I could understand that I thought, but in some instances were weird. Here, I'm like, I can't defend this, yo. There's so many things you're doing that I see are foul that I can't defend this. I'm, I, I, I think what she's most guilty of is talking too much. I think what she's most guilty of is 
is being self-centered. Whether whether she genuinely feels like, yo, I sacrificed for Will. It was to my detriment. Now, you know what? I'm screw them. It's me, 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 me. And she's been about me, me, me for quite some time now. <laughs> me, 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 me. All right, look, Phil, let's not become one of those. Anyway, Dan, listen, Inzwa, I've got I've got a property mm. on Binga. I've got Binga. So normally we wouldn't be covering things like the Breakfast Club or, you know, I don't know, Desert Storm or but, whatever. But Dan, you know what the funny thing is? Remember three weeks ago? Mm. Remember we had a conversation? What did you say? I said, Blaz, this DJ MV Guan is bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're like, what do you mean? I was like, Dan, I've been looking into this Guan. It's bad. <laughs> Let me give you a, a, a brief background. This so, is before it broke, by the way. Once again, I was ahead of the curve. But anyway, Dan, break it down. So for the past few years, DJ Envy, who is one of the most well-known radio personalities in the world, he's part of The Breakfast Club uh, on uh, uh, you know syndicated show on iHeartRadio. He's, he's been pushing this property scheme of his. Um, he was working with a guy by the name of... Uh, Caesar! Caesar Pina. Pizza, pizza, pizza. And... <laughs> And <laughs> so you watch <laughs> Okay, so he has this very shady scheme. This is how it worked, right? So Caesar Pina would take investments from people. The concept was we're gonna buy some properties, renovate them, and resell them or use them as short-term rentals. And then you get your you get a, a return. Now An he was incredible return, thirty percent. He was promising thirty percent, even in some cases up to forty five percent return on your investment. Which anyone who's ever dealt in property will tell you that's not possible. You can't you can't tell me that in five months. By the way, you can't tell me that you're going to buy a property and in five months it's going to be forty five percent more. I bought this property for one million. Five months later, it's one million four hundred fifty thousand. What? No ways. Anyway. Maybe only in Zimbabwe. I don't know. Anyway, the way that this scheme was working was he would take the money from the second investor to pay back the first investor. Then take money from the third investor to pay back the second investor. And continue like that. Now, those of you who are following carefully and who are familiar with crime would quickly identify this as a Ponzi scheme. Not only that, Dan. There was more that was going on. He would have multiple people investing in the same property. He would take out a loan and then tell someone else he's developing on this property. So this is Caesar Pina who is mm-hmm. doing this. Now, and keep in mind, Caesar Pina had just come out of jail for fraud. Mm. And what, no, no, no. What we need to highlight, we should have learned of these clips because these clips are gold. <laughs> Dan, how did Caesar learn about real estate investing? In jail. From who? From fellow inmates. <laughs> Why was he in jail? Fraud. What? <laughs> so he says, nah, I'm going to show you how to do it. You don't use your money. You use other people's money. <laughs> like, okay, hang on. Hang on. Man. Hang on. <laughs> Doesn't that sound a little bit illegal to you? <laughs> Just a little bit. Anyway. And Envy would be talking like this, smiling, like, yo, fam, I didn't realize. <laughs> I didn't realize that the smart way to do it is you don't use your money to. But here's the thing. So Caesar Pina, he has this convicted criminal of fraud who's come out of jail and he wants people to start investing in his property business. He's promising you up to 45% return in five months. No one is going to take him seriously. So how does he get people to take him seriously? The well-respected DJ from iHeartRadio's The Breakfast Club. Envious. 
<laughs> so the two of them went everywhere. He brought Envy brought Caesar Pina on on the radio so many times. Meanwhile, the two of them were shooting videos everywhere. This is the next place. This is the next location. This is where we buy. This is how much money we made here. Look, we just collected our checks. How much money you got? Look how much money we make. Da da da. And from this, not only that, sh- showing off his his cars, doing his car show, saying, "Yo, this is the new Lambo I got. This is the new Rolls. This is the Ferrari." So of course, just like any Ponzi scheme, it's it's complete. You can't. It's not unsustainable. At some point, by the sixteenth, seventeenth person. Who you've, whose money you used to pay the 12th person, you now have a gap. Keep in mind, he's not necessarily paying all these people. Huh? Yeah, yeah. There's some people he's skipping, some people he's paying too little. Some, some, some people he's telling them, yo, the property's been delayed. And, the and these people are, and this is, they were, the, the thing that got him is, he wasn't necessarily just dealing with small scale investors anymore. Because what DJ Envy did, is he, he gave him exposure to a massive audience. So not only was Caesar now exposed to like, let's say Dan, who's got, $10,000 in the savings and he's like okay I, I want to invest I don't know how oh okay I trust DJ Envy DJ Envy's been successful all my life you know what if he co-signs that's it that's still stupid him. I'm sorry I'm but that's that's one thing right victim blame then, I, I hear I will then blame. what Mr. Pena is Gary V's uh, cohort started investing and they were they were dropping big bags 750 1 million 500 300 keep in mind half the time Pena like according to the court documents Pena was requesting this money, this money in cash. And they're dropping off in cash. $300,000 cash. Bah. Bah. And then the, a development that was supposed to be three months to thing. A year later, the guy's like, yo, why isn't this property being developed yet? He drives by the address. Zero development. And that was the beginning of the fall of the You know dollars. what's funny? If he genuinely did do these developments, you wouldn't get 45% return, but you'll get some return. You know what I mean? You've somehow managed to get investment. Just do the business, though. You you'll still make money. Like you're not gonna make no, but, millions. But per- but keep keep in mind, okay. And I think this is like we and I are dealing with it now, right? Honest work is hard work. No one, not everyone, enjoys the hard work. So I want I, I want to be. I want to buy the Ferrari. I'm gonna buy the house. I'm gonna enjoy these things. So, investor have, one have, has just has have, just dropped seventy five k with you. Did, <laughs> I could use it to develop this property, but well, also also there's some new my baby mama out. calling, and so I damn okay I missed this payment. You know what? I'll just get another investor and then use that money to pay that guy, but, and then I'll do it proper now. But also, you need to read the code. The, the, you guys need to read the, the code. Do you know what Caesar was spending half this money on? They, they pulled one of the credit cards. My man. Was just daisy chaining fast food restaurants. He'd, he'd yeah, to- I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> My man's a go to Wendy's. They, and it, the, the thing is, it's not like if you've scammed a million dollars, you can afford a Michelin star chef. You know what I mean? You can afford the finest desserts, the finest creme brulee. <laughs> you know what I mean? Why are you going to Wendy's, yo? <laughs> <laughs> what you doing in Cheesecake Factory? Get out of there, man. <laughs> My man is hard lining milkshakes, bruh. <laughs> Anyway, that's been quite funny. And and did you watch uh, Jesus hosting uh, the, oh, yeah, the Daily did. Show? It's just that Jesus is very rusty. Like, yeah, yeah, he's not. He's Fam, not quite smooth. Had like had Jesus got into the groove? Ah, uh, keep it okay. Should have brought Miro back just for that one episode. Nah, they're beefing hard. I, but, I but, mean, just but, put that aside for this one episode. But, I'm just so, so the backstory that you guys might not know is obviously Jesus and Miro 
funny enough, the, um, when I was editing the first podcast we recorded, which was we recorded like a month before, I was listening to the first episode of Jesus versus Mero. So I've always there's always been an affinity there. Um, Jesus and Mero, they used to have their TV show on Viceland. There was a time DJ Envy was cheating with Erica Mena. He got caught in the blogs about it. He had apologized, blah, blah, blah. And then he was he was doing this. He was doing another TV show where he was... He, he was basically doing what Jada does. But, yeah. but he was head. sitting with his wife on this TV show and they were saying, yeah, I cheated. But then, you know, uh, side note, Erica Mena spoke out this week about that, by the way. I don't know if you saw it. It was actually very wild. I'll get to it just now. But um, yeah, DJ Envy is now sitting with, uh, with his wife and they're like, yeah, we went through a tough time because of my infidelity, whatever, whatever, whatever. So these, the, 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 the structure of Deez and Mero's show was they would watch clips and make commentary or they would make commentary on what was going on, right? So here they are watching this clip and they are making jokes about it, whatever, whatever. And then Jesus says, speaking about Envy's wife, something along the lines of, oh yeah, but you weren't complaining about the checks though. That's, I mean, it's not that deep, whatever. Anyway, a month later, Deez and Mero were invited to the breakfast club. Uh, DJ Envy was like, if you ever get a chance, just watch DJ Envy. No, you didn't watch it. You didn't watch it. It was so but bad. But also, there was the backstory that we didn't even know about until the Daily Show appearance. Did, did you hear what Jesus said? What happened is Jesus then locked himself in the studio, told security, Jesus and Mero. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thing. I don't know that part oh, of the that, story. Oh, that he locked them in the studio. I don't know the part I, of the I story. saw him mention that, yeah, in the, in the Daily Show. So basically, when they invited them, so, you know, they didn't know that there was anything up. They were like, oh, dope, we made it to the breakfast club. They get there and this guy starts shouting at them and whatever, whatever. I demand you apologize. So they're like, damn, we didn't realize, sorry. No, 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 no. And he keeps going in. And they're like, I said, sorry, damn, what do you want from me? And then he storms out of the studio. And then for the next 20 minutes, they proceed to rape. They just make jokes about storming out of the studio and whatever, whatever. But anyway, so here he is. Jesus is, is having the time of his life hosting the Daily Show. He's like, oh, there's some news about DJ Envy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Keeping in mind, the Daily Show is a much bigger platform than what Jesus and Mero ever was. <laughs> so it's yeah, that was quite interesting. That uh, anyway. Uh, by the way, DJ Envy and his team claim that they are victims as well. They they were unfamiliar with the scam. Oh oh, Dan. But here's a caveat. Do you know where DJ Envy's office is? No, I'm no, Dan. Just trying to make sure. However unlikely it is, we don't get sued. We're not going to get serious, but, but but Dan, here's a fun fact. Do you know DJ Envy's office is? Like his professional office. Why does he have an office? Because he's a businessman. He does many things. Where is it? Next door. Literally in the same building. Next door. To Caesar. Mm. So, keep in mind. Pizza. Keep in mind, when things are falling apart, the people that Caesar owed money to would go to his office and raise a fuss because they're like, blast, Marianne offer. What's the likelihood of you have next office Multiple people come in to complain about not collecting money and you don't know about it. Well, DJ Envy and his lawyers insist that they didn't know anything about it. Caesar Pina himself went on an Instagram live and said, look, when I did all this stuff, DJ Envy was never in the room. With a gun to his head, surely. DJ Envy has nothing to do with any of these 20 lawsuits of these people who are suing me. Mm. DJ Envy, the only person, the, the reason why we know you, that guy. The guy you, you did hundreds of seminars with where you paid people for investment advice. That guy. But then Pina said of Envy, he's not a victim. He was my partner. He was an investor. Anyway, that's kind of <laughs> awkward because this is during the court case. So that's some new evidence. But also, my man was high as a kite during that life. Did you see? Ah, dude, I didn't it? watch it. I just read about it. It's, <laughs> it's been a funny story. But anyway, 
Um, uh, One one other thing that I think we can talk about. Committing fraud with big punishers is just wild. uh, Okay, this is a very short discussion. It's because I saw it trending on the podcast, um, on Twitter. Sorry, I thought I would talk about it on the podcast. RPL has just released a song. It's called Gold. It's featuring Seven ah, Cartwright and K-Flow. Because it came up. Speaking of, K-Flow is on fire. On a tear. Just dropped a song today. Ah, K-Flow's on fire. Yeah. So anyway, so this song, I mean, it's, to be honest, I listened to it. I was like, eh, not bad. Like, it's actually kind of a bop. I'm not the biggest fan of RPL's music in general. I don't like his, there's something about his cadence that doesn't sit well with me. But there's been a couple of songs that I was like, you know what? All right, this is kind of dope. And I felt like Gold was kind of dope as well. And then, shockingly, it's currently sitting on 845,000 views, right? Sounds like, ah, it's not that big a deal, right? Well, a lot of people questioned, like, wait, hang on. That doesn't seem to make sense because, I mean, RPL's no shade. He's not, he doesn't have that many people checking for him. Not even that, am I where? Which is, like, arguably the biggest hip-hop song of the moment. It's sitting on like what, 200, 300k? Yeah, I don't think it's even cracked 300. <clears throat> so how is it that this song, which is even newer and, I mean, it hasn't really blown up like that. It's still, I mean, it's okay. But, but then, you know, like, that's uh, that's the point where I don't want to talk about. Like, even if it, his goal might not be just for you, his goal is just to be in the conversation. Now, we're discussing RP. I know. We never would. I, I, I'm not trying to punish him. Look, if you went to lengths to be discussed, it's okay. <clears throat> now we can discuss you. This is what I was going to say. I don't know for sure whether he bought views or not. Also, frankly, I don't really care that much. But I just thought it's an interesting thing that I did was I just thought like, you know what? Let me look at a couple of other hip-hop music videos that were released around about the same period that have similar view counts. So I looked at a Holy 10 video. I looked at a Volts JT video. Uh, I think I pulled up a... I can't remember which one else. Maybe it was Natio. Yeah, Natio. Uh, and I was like, all right, let me just check. Okay, these these things are sitting at 700K, 800K, uh, 600K. Oh, let me compare likes. Fast difference. Um, you know, like the average of the other videos was like 50, 60, 70K likes. If it's seven, it's like 10% of the views to the likes. Uh, comments, again, fast difference. And I was like, you know what? It doesn't look good. This is the extent of how much I care. And then I just left it at that. So, my final thoughts on this are, it doesn't really matter that much, but it's kind of sad that someone has to do that, if in fact he did do that. What, are you telling me the 50 song album didn't break his career? For some reason. In the meantime, it is worth a listen. Check out Gold Mafia by, by uh, RPO's Seven Cadre and K-Flow. If only for K-Flow's verse. I... Is there anything else where uh, let's let's go ga, ga, ga. Um Taylor Swift yeah, I'm about it. Taylor Swift is probably going to have the biggest year ever in music and I'm not even exaggerating. I was looking at vinyl sales in America. Taylor Swift had 7 of the top 20 and these are all under her new deal. Why are you looking at vinyl sales? They sell like a total of 12. No, they, they sell a lot. They're not, it's not okay, <laughs> it's not 12 but it's like 10,000, 20,000 something no, like that. Taylor Swift is doing 200,000. 200,000 vinyl. I refuse to believe that. Okay. I refuse to believe that. Oh, in the year, maybe. Yeah. Okay. This is just one project. Huh? Yeah, I thought you meant like 
50 sales or something. No, I would take it at the top. But she, she probably could do that on hey, maybe over two weeks. But then uh, Era's tour album, the, which is the concert movie for the latest tour she's been on, 100 million. Bam. Taylor Swift is doing more numbers than Marvel right now, bro. Yeah, yeah, I know. And you can, you can see the huge, machi- the huge PR machine behind her. Huge PR machine behind her. You can see it. Look at those numbers. 388,000 for Speak Now, Taylor's version. Year to date. Year to date. Those are insane numbers. Not impressed that. Those are insane. She's about to cross a billion dollars on her tour. She's going to probably do a, maybe half a billy on this concert film, plus all these sales. Taylor might actually have the biggest year ever in music. And that's wild. That's, that's, that's true. I mean, nothing could ever be bigger than that. Um, South Africa canceling the summers. Ah. Uh, I wanted to delve into we'll delve into it next week, but yeah, you know, actually, this news only broke today. We need more. It, time it, it broke. It broke yesterday. But sometimes when you lay when you lay with uh, dogs, sometimes you get fleas. That's what I'll say. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, anything else? Okay. There's some new music. Hey, let's end the show with the new. K-Flow. I don't know. K-Flow. Yeah, the new K-Flow. We're doing the new but K-Flow. if you want to check out some new music, I encourage you to check out Baga's new EP. Pretty. There's... Baga, Raga. Shut it down as well. At yeah, yeah, dope, dope, dope. And Enzo Aisha also dropped his song, Rarorwa, which was trending because he made a skit around it and then it actually just became a song. Eh, it's it's a standard Enzo song, you know, like it's it's a hit. It's going to be a hit. And then uh, Julian King and Tammy Moyer just released Chiedza. Which I, is also going to be huge. That's going to be a big song. All right. Yep. It's very catchy. But yeah, we're going to end this with the K Flow's new song. And if you want to hear Tammy Moyer perform that new song, live, be sure to get your tickets for Jameson Connect this November 4th. Look out for participating outlets where you can get a bottle and get a ticket to the event. Right. So uh, listen, we're going to have to get out of here. Oh my gosh. We're now approaching close to midnight. Uh, this is K-Flow's new song by Force, producer, you know what to do. Uh, as usual, we're going to request that you continue to support us. TwoBrokeTumbles.com forward slash donate. We need your support, please. Podcasting is, is, is difficult, but we're here because we love you. We know you love us. So support us. TwoBrokeTumbles.com forward slash donate. And you can become a, a Patreon subscriber for just $5 a month. We'll add you to the WhatsApp group. You'll be part of a great community of people having great conversations about the culture and everything. Um, or if you don't want to be in that group, that's also fine. You can just support us $5 per month. Um, yeah. Alternatively, you can support us with other amounts or once-off payments, or if you can't afford the money, just retweet, share, drop a comment, send us something on social media. We'd appreciate it. Tell your followers that, Hey, listen to the new two broke tumbos. They have a great take on Jada Smith or something. Uh, that would be cool. We'd appreciate it. Yeah. But apart from that, I think, uh, we can, uh, bring this episode to a close. All right, then. Uh, we'll catch you guys soon. We're out. Get it by force, 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 get it by force
Gamari, Navanema Vikin da Cagara Passi, Nova Vilinidi Dadi Chajipanis, and the Chajipanis, Shandamari, Cherovaca Matingo Tambainori, Cherovaca to Machimbova for a team, Cherovaca Uyavanebama Pacadoma Panengoma and Bepovachi Dalkanganis, Sansa Sira, Tessatina Mariwa Gantira, Tessatina Tarataka Suera, Kinemania Terra, Upenu Muchipama Waka Pera, Sakamira Pasco, Mira Passo, Patiria Cadaca, Penin Giriso, Simila Iso. Get it by force, get it by force, get it by force, get it by force, get it by force. 